Well, one of our own has been over in Indonesia to uh, have a bit of a holiday, and he's, of course, been looking at the traffic and transport while he's there. Errol Smith joins us on the line, along with Brian Smith, the transport expert, who will offer his opinions as well. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thanks, David. G'day, David. And uh, Errol, you you went to Jakarta and other places? Yes, yeah, Jakarta and, and surrounds went to the... Um the sort of the safari park and all that kind of thing around around Jakarta. Um, but uh, I guess the most interesting thing for me um, and for our listeners is um, the traffic there. David, picture the worst possible traffic jam you've ever been in. There's a car on fire in the middle of the Harbour Bridge. There's a breakdown in the tunnel. There's a protest in the city. And they've shut down some streets for a special event. And that's all happening at once. Right. You know, like the perfect storm of traffic. <laughs> well, that's every single day in Jakarta. That's situation normal. Is it polluted? Yes, absolutely. Hmm. Yes. How did you get from the airport? Well, most of the expats there have drivers, which is apparently a pretty sought-after job if you're a local. And I have to say a highly skilled job because the traffic is absolute chaos. Um, A a, a typical lane for us will have, um, you know, here it would have one car in it. There it will have um, two cars and three lanes of bikes. (laughs) <laughs> Errol, did the did the driver slip through uh, off street car parks and things like that to sneak around? No, no, no. He just just stuck to the the main roads. Um, he, we did use some freeways, um, and they they present a very interesting contrast because most of the freeways have tolls, uh, most of which the locals can't afford. So you go from sort of seeing eighty percent or more of the vehicles being bikes to uh, virtually none. Well, the freeways flow, do they? In general. But apparently one of the freeways is getting so congested now that they actually close it in the um, against the traffic direction and then open that side for the out of the, the city traffic. So the, yeah. the one way sort of in each direction. Yes. So There's if got you some don't... reasonable public transport, Errol. Did you give it a try? There's a bus rapid transit system there, Trans Jakarta, which is... Um, um, I, did, I did see that, but, and, and that was um, um, pretty much the only thing I saw. There was, I saw one train line. So um, the uh, the trains is not something they they're, they're big on now, but I, there was they do have that uh, that bus system, and there's a huge amount of um, I guess smaller public transport, a lot of uh, regular oh. buses and 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 hundreds of mini what you, what you call them like a mini bus or a taxi bus that'll only mm. carry maybe um, half a dozen people. Yeah, um, private buses. So a lot of those. Little, yeah, smaller buses. Yeah, and, and um, privatized. And, yeah, and many 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 bikes with. Um, multiple people on them uh the most we saw was <laughs> yes. four we saw four on one scooter a whole family uh mum dad and two kids all sort of you know squashed up together on a on a scooter um and there's a lot of um sort of ubers and go gets and that kind of thing where you can ride share on a bike mm. because that's about the only way you're going to get anywhere in any kind of hurry <laughs> if you're in a car forget it we learned something the hard way what you do over there is every single time you're about to get in a vehicle, you go to the toilet first. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the chance of being stuck. Yes. This is because you know you'll be in the traffic for hours. Everyone carries multiple bottles of water and lots of snacks because you know there's a good chance you're spending your afternoon in a vehicle. There's um, a lot of uh, children named after cars. Yes. <laughs> our host made a joke about having disposable undies in case you have an accident (laughs) it's fascinating but bikes everywhere 
uh, just um, yeah, absolute bikes. Uh, uh, interestingly, one of the most common sort of upmarket taxis uh, there is what we call a Toyota Camry. Over there, it's called a limo. That's the actual <laughs> model name. <laughs> I was in Bangkok once, and uh, Volvo were there, and the lady who ran the uh, office used to get to work every time and one time she was going to be at work staying overnight or something so I asked and I had asked if I could come into work with her like you were saying Brian to see if they had a special route and she said well I can't do that but on the day you're there but you can do it anyway so I went with her driver who went through back roads went through roads where she had to bribe somebody she went <laughs> past a right hand turn that you couldn't take you know, it was banned and then did a U-turn it was one of those classic almost Italian job principles of finding all the little back routes of trying to get through a very congested city. Yes, yeah, pretty much the uh, the the all the signs and the, even the traffic lights over there. It, it, you need to consider them more of a suggestion than than, <laughs> than a rule. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what what I found interesting is that I think there's something to be learned from the attitude of the Indonesian drivers, because there's no sort of selfishness like you get in you know Western countries where you just have that idiot who tailgates you and cuts in. <laughs> but I think everybody's accepted that they're all in it together. Everyone's you know everyone's as bad off as badly off as everybody else. So there's no sort of uh, selfish behaviour. Everybody will let everybody in. It's a really healthy attitude, I think, um, on the road. You know, everyone's just accepted their fate, really. We, we need that here, don't we? Yeah, I, th I think I think we do. And I think the other thing we need is the skill of the drivers there. What, what amazed me, um, given that there are bikes going past you constantly, um, was the uh, condition of the cars. Um, we were in a, a big SUV, uh, people mover, a Hyundai H1, and it didn't have a scratch on it. Ooh. The drivers and after drivers and riders there are, are genuinely careful about about the way that they drive on the road, and uh, there's actually that, very little that, damage. How interesting that it uh, you know it contrasts with the sort of the kind of chaotic look of it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it was amazing. I mean, I, I think if I drove there, um, you know, the car would be smashed up in no time because uh, it's just such a contrast to the uh, you know relative logic. Of driving in a mm -hmm. in a Western country like ours, scratches on the cars. Where do they park them? Is there a lot of on street parking? Because that often brings about damage. No, very little on street parking. Mm. Uh, there's there's it's there's a lot of it, pretty much all the um, you know any Westerners have their own garage and whatever. Um, I did see people walking into traffic to let someone in, and interestingly, the the driver would often tip them. Because they oh, did really? them a favour oh, and let them into traffic. Yeah, it's this very, very communal sharing attitude that the, the locals have to each other. Even though it's a, a very poor country, um, everyone is very, very giving and um, and uh, not not a very selfish attitude. Although I, I did feel out of place. In fact, I felt like a diplomat or, or perhaps even an FBI agent uh, <laughs> because of the super dark window tinting they have oh, on yes. all the uh, the expats have on their cars there the front windscreen was as dark as the you know the the rear side um, windows on my car hmm. and some of the cars actually had a little quarter or circle cut out of the tint near the rear view mirror at the front so that the driver could actually so could see, see use the mirror at night. <laughs> the reason they do that for expats is you don't want to see what's happening outside 
uh, yeah, well, there's there's a lot of truth to that, and it's also um, it's also to discourage the hawkers and beggars that approach the car constantly. Yes, of course, because you because you're hardly you're barely moving most of the time. It's very easy for people to come up and uh, and offer offer things. But you see a lot of people selling, you know, snacks and sweets and things off the side of the road. We even saw people trying to sell like kids' toys and blow up pool toys and things like that. Fascinating uh, a culture that we have there. If you were to buy one thing, they'd have number plate recognition, wouldn't they? That you would be followed <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> well, interestingly, or the, they um, the, even the motorcycles have number plates on both front and back. Um, something they they managed to get away with, get away from here. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, everybody drives everywhere, and petrol's relatively cheap. It's about fifty cents a litre. Although, having said that, many of the locals are earning less than a dollar an hour. So. It's uh, uh, very relative, isn't it? All things are relative, yes. <laughs> I wonder what land use has changed because of it. Do more people live in the city or, Brian, I wonder, are you aware of whether that has produced change? It's, it's much more densely populated, and but there is also um, a lot of people who live in pretty substandard conditions. So. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's uh, as Errol says, it's quite different there, and um, it's probably not the sort of thing that Australia would easily adopt. Well, Errol, thank you for your travel stories. Uh, we'll come back later in the program and have a little talk about some quirky news, most particularly the ads, the car ads that were at this year's Super Bowl. <laughs> 